Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you can join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. I just want to believe that this year you're going to get more vision, kingdom vision for your life, your personal life, your family, your business, what it means to serve, love Jesus, what it means to build the house of God. Someone say, open my eyes. Come on, say, open my eyes. Say, open my ears. Open my heart to receive God's Word, God's picture, God's purpose for my life. Help me step into it by faith in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, and I just believe within the sound of my voice, you're going to do something significant, significant in this service, significant across our every part of our church, significant in families, significant across our church. I just believe for an overcoming spirit. I just believe, God, for an overcoming mindset. I just believe, Lord God, for champions to rise. Champion men, champion women, champion youth, champion business leaders. Lord, I believe. Help us cultivate it. Help us carry what you want us to carry this year. Help us carry what you want us to carry this year. Before you sit down, I want to share with you real quick. Um, and I just want us to take a moment to thank God. How many know it's important to look ahead? Um, but how many know it's important to thank God for the past? Romans 8.28 tells us, for we know in all things God works together for the good of those who love Him and been called according to His purpose. And that means that whether it's good or bad, you can even weirdly enough thank God for it. God may not have necessarily done it, but if you're in Christ, He can put His gold on it. And so I want us to thank God in a moment for just some of the things we accomplished as a whole church. My goodness, it takes a team of us to do all of it. And so last year in our church, we saw more people say yes to Jesus than ever, ever before. And can we give that a hand? We saw 950 people put up their hand and say yes to Christ all across our church. That's worth celebrating. Do you believe it? We expanded into our new facility and... um, That was through the generosity of our church, debt-free, came into this place, did all kinds of construction on it and so forth. You can see a picture. I just want you to throw up a picture of what it used to look like. Well, that's not, well, that's what it currently looks like. That's not what it used to look like. And there's another, that's not what it used to look like. There's what it used to look like. And um, how many think, thank God you don't come to a foyer that looks like that? And all through the generosity of you and this church and the faith of people and all kinds of stuff, we used to have those weird curtains there. Don't know why. We used to have those white little curtains in that uh, place. And then we gave away two churches. Um, Actually, the first day, I think we came in here and I think we signed that day or something like that. So that's with me and the amazing who's going to come preach to in our church, Scott Wilson. Guy's a leadership guru and one of the funniest guys you've ever seen. So don't not miss that Sunday. And uh, we gave away two churches in India just this year. So come on, can we thank God for that? And... um, We committed over the last few years to give away three buildings, and we've done that. Um, 
we gave away over giving Christmas away. There's my ugly head. And um, we gave away $37,000 in one Sunday in our church. We gave to families that come across a hard time and some lighthouse uh, ministry and some some mothers that just needed some help along the journey. And um, man, we gave away $175 gift cards to ShopRite so people could go and either if they had a need, they could go take it. If they just wanted to go be generous to someone, they could do that. Man, it was good. To Rutherford Food Bank, we gave some money. Lynnhurst, we gave some money. Um, other families, we gave some money. Why? Because the generosity of God's people. And, 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 and uh, the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds. Do you know how you shine light? It's not by shouting at someone. It's actually by loving people. And generosity is that tool that actually ma- means real needs are met through the grace and person of Jesus Christ. Can I get a good amen? And um, and across our church, just love seeing so many leaders rise up, to be honest, how from our women's groups and men's groups and evening college and our youth ministry, ever since moving into the new space, kids has grown, middle school's grown, high school's grown. Um, I don't know if you know, but all these people wouldn't fit in our, la- in our last facility. Our church has almost doubled in three months. I just want to let you know that. So come on, can we give that a hand? Do we thank God for what's been? So right now, I just want us to take a second. and Just in your own way, just to thank God for what He's done in your life. Whether you felt like last year was a year of victory for you or not. I just believe we're stepping into and you can step into victory with us as a church. So come on, right now, I want us to put our hands together and listen, everything that we are, praise God for what He has done, for what He will do in our church. So come on, all across this place, can we put our hands together for the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Come on, for the Alpha and the Omega, for the first and the last. His name is Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Slap your neighbor and tell him and take a seat and say, are you ready for the word this year? You look good, by the way. Can we thank Steph? Got some holes in your pants, Steph. Just uh, can someone buy you, Steph, a new pair of pants? <laughs> my father-in-law gets super confused if ever there's holes in my jeans and T-shirt. He's like, "Don't you have any money? Can I give you some money?" I'm like, "You can give me some money if you want to." He's like, "My wife won't buy me any jeans because they got a hole in them here or there and so forth." Um, I want to share with you the vision uh, of our church, or we call it um, the church we see. We see a church that is alive. Someone say alive. alive. It is not dead. It is not pretending. It's not hypocritical. It is alive because He is alive. It is alive because of the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you don't feel like you're alive, I want to tell you today and prophesy to you today, you can come alive in Jesus' name. We see a church that's fresh. 
It's real and it's powerful. Someone say fresh. fresh. Real. real. Powerful. Fresh means it speaks to the issues of the day, what you're currently dealing with. It's real. It's planted by a river of life. It is a river that flows from the very essence of God himself. And when you and I plant in that, we can expect to come alive. I want to tell you today that when you plant in God, you'll discover destiny. When you plant in religion, you actually get beat up. But when you plant in God, in the essence of who He is, you'll actually come alive. Dreams will come alive. Destiny will come alive. Life will make sense. Purpose will be in your heart. Do you believe that? It's fresh and real and powerful. It is powerful. This means we impact lives. Um, Fresh, real and powerful. This is how I want to describe my faith. I don't know about you. Like I want my faith to be fresh, real and powerful. Fresh, real and powerful should be my connection to God. But reach, teach and empower is what we do. Let me say that again. Fresh, real and powerful. I pray every time you come to Sunday church. It's fresh. It's real. It's powerful. But reaching people and teaching people and empowering people Church, this is what we do. We don't move away from it. We don't do anything else. We reach and we teach and we empower people. We don't actually make up the will of God. We discover the will of God in the Word of God. Can I get a good amen? We have at its heart, am I not preaching into my microphone well enough, that has at its heart the great commission to win souls and make disciples. Why are we a friendly church? Because you've got to win souls. You're going to win people. You know that most people don't listen to you unless they like you? So if you want more people to like you, just be a friendlier person. Encourage someone, lift someone, smile at someone occasionally. All of a sudden, the atmosphere of your your workplace is going to change because you smile at someone. Amen. Wake up in the morning smiling, even if it takes you 20 minutes. How many look in the mirror and go, I've got nothing to smile about in the morning. Look a little tired this morning. Every once in a while, I look in the mirror and I just go, holy cow. Bags under my eyes. How's it going to be when I'm 60 and 70 and 80? I'm like, who is that prune in the mirror? <laughs> Has at its heart the great commission to win souls and make disciples. You actually impact a city. You impact a state. You impact a nation and nations by making disciples. It is the great commission. It is not the great suggestion. It is not something we could do or perhaps we should do. Every Christian, if you call upon the name of Christ, should be involved in the making of disciples. That means I serve. That means I give. That means I'm, I'm doing something to make a difference. And all of us doing something to make a difference makes a big difference. Come on, all of us doing something that makes a difference makes a big difference. All of us. All of us doing something that makes a difference makes a big difference. How do we impact the city, a church that impacts the city, state, and nations towards Jesus Christ? We impact the city by everyone being invited to the house of God. I've, I, I, God spoke to me years ago. Our church was about 60 people, and, um, and I was kind of frustrated where our church was at the time. And I remember the Lord speaking in my heart, clear as a bell. And if I was smarter, I would have figured out myself. But he had to tell me. He literally was like, you know what? This guy's not going to figure it out. Let me tell him. He said, Anthony, they can't come to your church unless they know about it. 
I was like, oh, that's true. He said, they're not coming unless you invite them. I'm like, shoot, that's probably true. And he said, they're not coming unless you give them a great reason to come. And so the simplicity and the strategy of our church has been this. Everyone's got to know about it. Everyone's got to know about it. You're here because someone let you know about it. But someone probably invited you. You know, I love hearing stories of someone's like, oh, my friend bugged me 10 times to come to this church. 10 times, 9 times, 8 times is the magic number of inviting someone uh, I found to come to the house of God. But how many know that's worth it? Church that impacts the city, we impact the city through giving Christmas away. We impact the city this year through giving Christmas away. In December, we'll literally try to give away more money than we've ever given away before to initiatives that we believe in, in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? I believe a church who has a culture of faith, hope, and love. A culture of faith. What is a culture of faith? A culture of faith says, my God can, my God will. Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. It was the attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My God can, my God will. Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him because it'll work out in the end, praise God. Are you with me, Church Alive? A church that has a culture of faith, hope, and love. You know, one of the words I feel like I have in my heart just for our church is, is God wants to roar through us this year. That's what I got a lion on. God wants to roar. Someone say roar. Roar. God wants to roar through his people this year. God wants to roar through his sons. God wants to roar into the souls of men. God wants to create men who are champions first to roar. Before God ever roars through you, he's got to roar into you. He's got to roar into your heart. He's got to roar into your destiny. He's got to roar into your life. God doesn't want you to be a meek, mamby-pamby Christian. God wants champions. God wants champions. God wants champions. Let me preach to this side of the room. God wants champions. God wants to roar through your faith. God wants to roar through our, 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 our serving. God wants to roar. Now, this doesn't mean you're obnoxious. This doesn't mean you go into coffee shops and throw around your Bible and just start kicking the devil and so forth. Actually, Daniel was a man of wisdom and tact. Can we add some tact to our faith? I need a little more tact sometimes. I'm still growing in tact. Someone say, I'm growing. Someone say, help him, Lord. But we all need a little wisdom and tact in our lives, don't we? I see a church that's always reaching and teaching and empowering. I believe and I prophesy this building will be too small. And I say this, and we're already starting to plan for a third service, to be honest, because guess what? I see a place filled, and I'm not sure if there's many more seats that can go in this place. What does that mean? Does that mean we bought or, or, or leased the wrong building? No. If you go to fourth grade, you just got to keep on going to fifth grade and sixth grade. You don't stay in fourth grade. Does that make sense? We're in, we're in third and fourth grade right now, church. But we still got to go to middle school and high school and college, and then we've got to really make a difference. The buildings we buy will always be too small. The buildings we have will always be too small. It's kind of amazing, to be honest, in just four months, um, 
that you're all here. To be honest, Miriam and I, so many people prophesied to Miriam and I that when you get the right building, all of a sudden your, your church would just go shum. I want to tell you, you're the shum. <laughs> Come on, slap your neighbor and say, you're the shum. So this means I want you to show the Believe and Build picture real quickly. We have three initiatives in our church uh, through our Believe and Build initiative, which was the, the thing we started three years ago where we are believing and we are building so that others might live. And so, for number one, we are believing that we're raising resource for a larger state-of-the-art facility, and we'll always be doing that as a church. And if you're part of this house, just simply begin to pray, God, what do you want me to do? Secondly, our Giving Christmas Away initiative will actually come under our Believe and Build Foundation. And the reason that we do that is so that we're not always doing a separate offering in church. And another offering, another offering, no. We take up regular tithes and offerings, and then one time per month we'll do a Believe and Build initiative. And so the, the expansion of our church, the, the where real love will meet real needs, we're giving Christmas away. And then finally, our global reach, we've given away three churches over the last few years, and we are continuing to look and partner with other other uh, facilities, so uh, churches, so that we will make a difference all across the globe, and that might be in India, and I just got a text message from a good pastor friend of mine, says, do you want to partner with us in, in uh, I think it was Dominican Republic, and so forth, so just praying about those initiatives, and, and so listen, if you're passionate about missions, if you're passionate about giving Christmas away, if you're passionate about just seeing young people reach for the cause of Christ, then to me, believe and build a foundation will be the foundation where we reach more people. Does that make sense? Everything we do from Sundays to Thrive to Transform Groups to Evening College to Youth and to Missions, everything we do is about helping people have a fresh, real, powerful connection to God and then help them become the person they're meant to become and then to fulfill the mission that's sitting on your life, your family, and this house. Do you believe that? I believe when a church works together, it roars together. I believe when a church prays together, it roars together. I believe when each and every single person takes responsibility for the gift that sits within them, I believe they begin to roar as a house together. I believe when you begin to uncover your God-given destiny, you begin to roar. There is, I would say this, there is a, a, a fight in your life for the purpose of God and sometimes you have to roar. Sometimes you have to realize there is a fight. But I would say this, too many Christians are trying to roar in their own strength. Let me show a video real quick and I think you'll get the message.
Someone say roar. When you roar in your own strength, you're a little kitten. But when you roar with the king's strength, all of a sudden you start looking like a lion. You start looking strong. You start looking tough. You start looking big. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8 says this, None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you know that when the devil put Jesus on the cross, he thought he won? The Bible goes on to say, though, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them by the cross. Some must say triumph. When Jesus stepped out of a tomb, he said in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, therefore, because I have authority, because I've defeated sin, death, and the devil and hell, because of this, he says, now I want you to go and make disciples, make image bearers of me, make people to be what they were originally intended to be. It sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 1, when God first made Adam, God first made Eve, and then he said, now I want you to have dominion to dominate, to be the ruling factor under my rulership. And God said to them, and then Jesus reinstituted it. That means this, if I sit under the rulership of heaven, the dominion of heaven, if I sit under the domain of heaven, if I sit under King Jesus and His grace and His love, this means I actually get to reign in life. The things that have held me, the things that have tried to stop me, the things, the generational things that have tried to hinder your life, stop your life, it is in Christ. It is under the dominion of Jesus and King Jesus that all of a sudden the things that held you for years... All of a sudden, you begin to say, wait, I'm walking over what I used to walk under. I'm starting to be a person of self-control. I'm starting to be a person of vision. I'm starting to be a person not of bitterness. I'm starting to be a person not of resentment. I'm actually getting my life under control. Why? Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's God in you. Do you know that you've got to let God who's in you, if you're a believer in Christ, get out of you. Do you know that God is actually sitting in some of us contained? He's just like, oh, I'd love to bust out. I'd love to just break out, but they, they keep putting doors on me. And they're saying, just show up on Sunday, but then Monday and Saturday, I've got it. And God's like, no, 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 I need to bust out of you so that I can get what's in me in you. How many of you need a little change in your life? Come on, put up your hand. <laughs> if you're married in here, trust me, your partner thinks you need a little more Jesus in your life. Okay, need a little more God in your life. Are you with me? If you're a parent in here, how many need a little more patience in your life? If you're a child in here, how many need a little less disobedience in your life? How many need a little less rebellion in your life if you're a teenager? See, I believe this, if we will allow God's voice to roar through us this year, if we will allow God's voice to roar through our lives, we will dominate in 2019. I believe the word of the Lord for our house, this house is a, 
uh, a strong word. It is a faith word. It is a word that says, don't be under things you're not meant to be under. It is, don't sit under what I've called you to rule over. Don't be dominated by things. You are to rule over things. I believe the word of the Lord. And, I, and you may not get it the first time in your head because I've been processing this and thinking about this and praying about this. I hope that you'll just, just in your heart somehow receive by faith the word of the Lord for your house. Can I suggest to you today? Can I preach this to you today? The word of the Lord for our house. And I just hope in this moment there will almost be like a supernatural impartation of just faith so that you'll be able to receive it. I believe the word of the Lord for our house is dominate. I believe the word of the Lord for our house is dominate. I believe the word of the Lord for our house is dominate. I believe the word of the Lord for men in here, for women in here. I believe the word of the Lord for businesses. I believe the word of the Lord for our church is dominate. Come on, somebody! High five your neighbor, tell them, dominate. You can take a seat. I got lots more preaching to do. You can stand up later. How many of you believe in an encouraging church, by the way? Praise God. To dominate is not worldly. It is the kingdom of God advancing mightily. It is always heaven's plans that are winning. To dominate means to bring about the victory that he has already won. When you're a basketball team, you go onto that team and you go into the, the competition and you want to dominate that team. The, the 1995-96 basketball season, the Chicago Bulls won the championship. They were 72-10, and 10, the best winning record in regular season. They didn't win every game, but they dominated. And I just want to suggest that and say that today, that you can have a spirit that you don't need to win every day. But if the theme of your year is you begin to create a culture of victory and a culture of overcoming and a culture of winning in your mind and in your heart, eventually that theme begins to get around you. And you wait, wait, I'm not losing as much as I used to lose. My family's not losing as much as I used to lose. Churches should not be losing as much as they lose sometimes, but they need an overcoming victory spirit. I was so encouraged recently when... I began to look across the world at some churches that we are connected to. Yacy Potom's church, churches, 6,000 churches in, in um, India. The word of the Lord for them was conquering. And I was like, man, that sounds like dominate. Another church that I know in Canada and love, they said it was a year of, of bold breakthroughs for people. And I just began to align and just say, God, this is the word of the Lord for our house. Winning should become our culture. Winning should become our culture. I love what, what, what Transform Men has been doing in, in the men because winning is becoming part of our culture. When you have a culture of success, people want to be part of your team because you crush the opponent. I believe the word of the Lord for our house is dominate. Someone say dominate. dominate. I want to share with you three, three keys on how Daniel and his friends dominated in a time where they were meant to be. 
under slavery, under dominion. They were literally uh, taken away from their lands and brought into a place called Babylon. They are slaves in this land and God anointed them to actually rule and reign and influence and dominate like almost few people have ever in the history of mankind. Can I share with you a few thoughts on how God roars through you? How does God roar through your life? Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. He says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Someone say the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Do you know that because of Daniel, four kings worshipped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God, four kings across four different um, times of of rulership and reigning, they all worshipped eventually the God of Daniel, and they didn't just keep it private, they literally wrote letters to all of their kingdom, which was the Babylonian kingdom, which was the largest kingdom of that time, that everyone was to worship the God of heaven. See, I believe this, if you promote God, God will promote you. We have too many people trying to promote themselves, trying to selfie just themselves. But God says, would you take my selfie? And if you'll take my selfie, I'll actually put you up on a pedestal if you'll keep promoting me. Are you with me? Listen to the reputation of Daniel. Daniel chapter 5 verse 14 says this. I have heard that the Spirit of God is in you. Listen to this, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. That was Daniel's reputation. I find that challenging. I find that convicting. I find that inspiring. How about you? Here's not what he said about himself. Daniel wasn't walking around going, (laughs) the spirit of the holy gods is in me. I'm amazing. I was just in church. We just read the Bible. I just prayed. No, no, no. Other people said about Daniel, this person has such grace about them, such wisdom about them, such love about them. I don't know how else to do it. I think God lives in them. How many find that a little bit challenging? Because I don't know what your reputation is. But man, what if every single one of us had a reputation that said, yes, they've got some problems and dysfunctions. Don't get me wrong. You won't just walk around like Gabriel. Michael the archangel is just like, oh, wherever you go, just anointing falls. But let me say this. But his reputation was God lived in him. And he had incredible wisdom and incredible power about his life. How would you like that to be said about you? Three keys to dominate. Or this is three attributes of a man that, that God roars through or a woman that God roars through. Number one is this, dedication dedication can I suggest this can you can we stop praying for greater blessing and maybe we need to start praying for greater dedication 
Can we stop praying sometimes for greater blessing? God, bless me, God, bless me. I found this, where, where a man or a woman is dedicated, blessing just comes. Daniel chapter 1 verse 7 says this, or verse 11 says this. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. I just want to tell you that that, that verse of Scripture probably isn't the will of God for us. Verse 13, love you if you're vegan, but we're going to move on. Verse 13, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished. Now let's claim that as the will of God for our lives, amen. <laughs> then any of the young men who ate the royal food, so the God took away the choice food and the wine that were... Um, they were to drink and give them vegetables and sin. And to these four young men, God gave knowledge and God gave understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind. You see, the king was trying to give them food that was ceremonially completely unclean when it came to the people of God. And so Daniel literally risked his reputation, risked his position, risked he just got promoted. And so he risked demotion because of his commitment to God. And it is his commitment, it is his dedication to God that all of a sudden God says, because you're so dedicated to me, I can roar through you. I can roar in you. I can roar through you. I can transform your life. Do you believe it? This is a 3D sermon. Three points and they all start with D. Flowing. From the theme, dominate. Number one, dedication. When I'm dedicated, watch this now, I am wholehearted instead of half-hearted. I am single-minded instead of double-minded. I have diligence. I have resoluteness. I am tenacious. Do you know that God is attracted to dedication? I want to suggest this to your life, though, is that often we grow incrementally in dedication. I have met people and they got saved and radically saved in one day and all of a sudden they're dedicated. But I've often met people that their faith goes from little moments of dedication and little moments of dedication and little moments of dedication. You see, if you dedicate yourself at the start of the year, if you dedicate yourself to the house of God, if you dedicate your, your serving to the house of God, if you dedicate your family to the house of God, just begin to dedicate one more thing to God and over the years, all of a sudden, and people are like, man, you're a dedicated person. You didn't start out like that. You were flim-flamming everywhere. But God wants you dedicated. God wants me dedicated. I remember years ago, uh, I was, I was um, at a, a, a young people Saturday night kind of revival nights, we called them and so forth. And I remember I went the first semester in college to it and man it was awesome and then one man comes up to me he was the leader of it and he said man I want you to be a leader here I see leadership potential in you I was like oh okay but I need you here every Saturday night and I was like oh, every Saturday night <laughs> like every like every Saturday night you need to hear every Saturday night isn't it funny that we want to be a leader without dedication oh preaching to someone in the house of God Listen, we want to be a leader without dedication. I want to tell you, if you don't have dedication, you can't have leadership. Heck, you can't be a servant. 
And God speaks to my heart, just this piercing voice. And I began to pray, oh, Lord, should I, should I do this thing? And he, he said to me, just joking around, he, it was almost like he joked with me. He said, uh, what are you going to do, Anthony? Go to the movies? <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe I, see, do you know, can I tell you that sometimes the problem with Pentecostal charismatic, people that want to be led of the Spirit, they're never led to dedication. Don't be a one Sunday I'm here and one Sunday I'm there and one Sunday I'm there. I just want to tell you that it is dedication that actually makes you a stable person. And God can't trust you with more unless he sees stability in you. How many women need a stable man? How many men need a stable woman? Goes both ways, right? Dedication in Jesus' name. Number two, a dependent spirit. A dependent spirit. We live in a culture of an independent spirit. I want to be, be my own man. Be your own man. Be your own woman. But be dependent on the Father. One who relies on one another is a dependent spirit. Can I suggest today that success without God is temporary? Success without God is temporary, but success with, with God is in this life and in the next. You can't win championships if you're not on a team. You cannot win championships if you're not on a team. LeBron is not LeBron unless he's on the Lakers or whoever other team he wants to jump on. You cannot win championships all by yourself. God created it that you need other people around you and I need other people around me. You know, what would I do without the worship team? What would I do without Steph just bringing in that anointed music? What would we do? Why does God often put you in a marriage? Why does God often put you with an opposite person than you? You're like, why? Because you need the person. You're creative, and they're organized. They talk a lot, you don't. And there's this funny tension between maybe one of you needs to go more this way and the other one needs to go more this way. Like maybe you're OCD. And maybe they need to grow up. next scripture we see both Daniel's dedication and his dependence. Daniel chapter 6 says this. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. Someone say exceptional qualities. That the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Notice he is a Jew and he's in a, a place called Babylon. He's literally a slave and God has so given him favor but it's not just the favor, it's his dedication. Sometimes Christians, we are guilty of praying for God's blessing, but he's hoping that he sees diligence in you. What if you stop praying for blessing in your job and just started being diligent? Do you know that the book of Proverbs says that the diligent hand shall rule and the diligent hand shall be blessed. And it literally says that the diligent hand shall be rich. So if I'm diligent, it seems like the rest takes care of the rest. Are you with me? Now the Bible says this in verse 4. Am I over my time already? That's not the will of God. My goodness. Are you okay? 
got another three hours of preaching here. Got a lot of notes, people, a lot of notes. You're clapping now, but uh, you're lying. That's why Steph came up. Thanks, Steph. The Bible goes on to say, verse 5. It says, finally, these men said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went up home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel was dedicated, but his, de- his dedication came out of dependence. You can be independent, as in take care of business, but dependent on God. I hope that you take care of business. I hope that we'll all take care of business, if you know what I mean. The things that God has given you responsibility for. However, I pray that we will be dependent people, dependent on prayer, dependent on His Word, dependent on the house of God. Are you with me, Church Alive? Let me close. Let me try to close up in the next five minutes. Number three, destiny-defining friends. Destiny-defining friends. Daniel has Shadrach, he has Meshach, and he has Abednego, and he has the four amigos. They become the most influential people in his life. If you hang out with people who just sit around and smoke drugs, there's a pretty good chance you're going to smoke drugs. Haven't you found that? Some of you gave me a holy face in church like pastor. If your friends, all your friends, whatever your friends are doing, You eventually seem to morph like them. We all like sheep go astray. Now can I suggest at the start of this year that you and I must, must choose destiny-defining friends. Destiny-defining friends. The trajectory of their lives was never the same because they stood together. They stood together, they prayed together, they were committed together, and their lives got promoted in a place they were never meant to get promoted. Their lives literally had this dominance to them where it was never meant to. They were meant to be completely dominated. Daniel was blessed by destiny-defining friends. I want to take a moment right now, not a preaching moment. I want to take a leadership moment and a pastoring moment to point you to um, these uh, leaflets or whatever I call these cards. Yeah, my leaflet, that was old school, wasn't it? How many of you think a oh, leaflet was old school? I used to deliver leaflets or pamphlets. It was my first job, I was 14, walking around with a big bag on and delivering stuff. And then I threw some down the gutter. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't learn diligence yet. <laughs> Come on, say grow. I want you to take this in your hand right now. I want you to put this on the screen, guys. We would do connect groups in our church, and um, connect groups were great and connect to people. But I feel like what's on our house is connect groups are not enough. Transform groups are what every group in our church will be called. There's transform men, there's transform career, there's women's transforms kicking off for the first time. Excited about that, ladies? 
There's Transform Finance Groups. There's Transform Freedom Groups. I'm going to take a moment right now to lead you to a place where Sunday inspires you, teaches you, you sense the presence of God. But can I suggest today that the greatest life change I've probably ever seen as a pastor of a church has actually come in the last season of of seeing men's lives get unstuck. What do our men do? Man, they define the four biggest areas of life, spiritually, relationally, financially, and physically, and they get specific and they get accountable. We have fun together. Man, we pray for one another and men begin to, listen, I just want to say this, the average man in our transformed group loses weight, pays off credit card debt, memorizes scripture, and his relationships get better than they've ever got before because people get specific and accountable and it flows out of Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. And so our transformed groups for men are on Monday nights. Our career groups, um, it's a mixed group, men and women. And you're just passionate about your career. That's a great group for you to join. Women's is going to be on Wednesday night. Uh, finance, I believe it's Thursday night. Is that correct? People, if you, Anna Faring is going to be leading that. And she is the budget extraordinaire. And if you just need some loving and some care and some teaching on budget, they go through FPU, Financial Peace University. It do, it's, it's all over the globe, to be honest, with Dave Ramsey. And you might be cutting up some credit card debt and doing all kinds of good things. And so, listen, it's amazing, to be honest. It's really amazing that in, in middle school and high school, they're not teaching us all the time budgeting. I don't, you know, we're learning trigonometry, we're learning calculus, but no one's bloody learning how to actually have a budget, which actually helps you in life. And uh, instead I'm learning X plus Y equals 32. And you're like, I don't care. And I'm not knocking education, but can I suggest that actually we are doing a disservice to people by not teaching them how to manage money. And then our freedom group, man, freedom is a process. I want to tell you that God saves you in a moment, but freedom is a lifelong process. And I, I, I tell some of our men transform groups, hey, be in a transform group, be in a freedom group as well. You can join both. So I want you right now, take this in your hand. And here's what we're going to do in a moment. We're going to have buckets come by and you're going to circle and sign up. Because here's what I know about, especially men, men, you're the guilty ones. Here's what I know about men. Men, you look at your wife and go, yeah, you'll do it. And we just don't move. I promise you, men, if you'll just show up, your world's going to get rocked. Your world's going to get rocked. So all across this place, we're just going to take 10 seconds. I'm just going to pray that every, every single one of us would just find the right group for your life. Find a group right now. And then I'm going to have you. Thank you. I want to have one of the guys from Transform come up. And I want you to share for two minutes. And uh, we're going to have a great time. Come on, can we give Tommy a hand? Hello. Good morning, everybody. I'm not going to take too much time. My name is Tommy Santiago. Church Alive for like seven, eight months now. Um, but before I came in April, um, I was really in a dark place. Uh, the last year and a half with some change, I've been really, really in a dark place. Uh, and I just want to take a couple of minutes just to kind of give my testimony. Um, again, I've been coming to Church Alive for about seven months. Um, I took Transform twice. Um, 
I was just showing you how good it was that I needed to take it the second time. Um, and by far, no stretch of imagination, it literally changed my life from top to bottom. Um, I want to take this time out to give a shout out to my brother Chris and his wife Katie that they literally asked me. He was talking about invitation earlier, nine, ten times. This guy must have asked me 200 times. And that's, that's lowballing it. Um, he was, I love you too, he was relentless. Um, he literally didn't stop until he was blue in the face until one day actually showed up. Um, so I just wrote uh, a quick spoken word. This is just my testimony describing transformed men. Um, so Church Alive, let me your ears. <clears throat> it's time for us to shine, not for the sake of the rhyme. We can never place a price tag on peace of mind. Let us fight for peace and prosperity. Let this clarity put an end to our anxiety. This is our rendition, a simple definition. Champions by nature, God is the only thing we were missing. The enemy has had a slipping like a transmission. But let us regain our wisdom and only with our precision slaying giants will be our sole mission. So we grant no permission for the enemy's admission. Father God will place us in a perfect position. So say goodbye to the lies and farewell to the fears. God is here and nothing in this world is more crystal clear. Connected like words to a sentence, God is real, let us feel his presence. What Shakespeare is to literature, Jesus Christ is to scripture. Bob Ross could not paint a better picture. Declare your freedom in his mighty kingdom. He will not forsake you and deny you his wisdom. So I, as we embark, remember it's not the size of the dog but the size of the bark. Welcome to transform a place where people are born. Welcome to transform where spiritual procedures are done to hearts that are torn. Welcome to transform where ghosts of our past are put to rest so we no longer mourn. The night is darkest just before the dawn. We are destined kings in a world filled with pawns. Visionaries who lose sight, pilots who refuse to take flight. But our plight prepares us for the fight only to showcase our might. For those who want to hear it, listen to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, take the wheel. We beg you to steer it. I stand before you to give voice to the voiceless and a name to the nameless, only to proclaim God to be famously famous. Thank you. Come on, give me a hand. Come on. Come on, Church Alive, give me a hand. Would you stand to your feet for a moment? Every head bowed, every eye closed. All across this place, no one moving around. This is such an important moment of change. If you came in today and you've never said yes to the one who's already said yes to you, it'd be the invitation or great honor of my life to give you this invitation to say there was a gap between God and humanity so big, so broad that only God himself could fill it. He bankrupted heaven came down into earth, 
lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, rose bodily, and will return one day. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He loves you more than you'll ever know. And if you are far away from Him or have never received Him, His grace is for you. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He'll forgive you. He'll begin to cleanse you. He'll begin to transform you. He'll plant you in His purpose. He'll plant you in His house. He has come that you might have life and life abundant. If you know you're away from God, if you've never received the person of Jesus Christ, we're going to pray a prayer in this time right now. And that prayer is going to connect you to a person. His name is Jesus. There is no one else who loves you like He does. There's no one else who knows you like He does. He will open the door of your heart and come in as much as you'll let Him. So all across this place, we're going to declare that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Lord. So right now, can we pray this prayer together? Say, Jesus, I need you. My heart is empty without you. I open the door by faith. I receive your grace right now. Make me your son. Make me your daughter. From this day, give me faith to follow. Give me hunger to follow. Help me get around the right people. Help me discover truth. Help me discover my destiny. I ask you now, in Jesus' name, my head's about and eyes are closed all across this place. I want you to quickly, if you pray that prayer with me, either you're away from God or you're receiving Christ for the first time, all across this place on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and raise it up real high. One, two, three, all across this place. Raise it, raise it high. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all over. Hands are going up. Just hold them up long enough so I can see them. Thank you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm simply recognizing your decision to say yes to Jesus. Man, I've been away from Christ. I've never received Him. I'm receiving Him for the very first time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all across this place. You can put your hands down right now. Father, I pray for every hand. I pray for every heart that your blessing and your strength would be upon them right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said... Come on, can we give Jesus a hand all across this place? Hey, once again, thank you guys for checking us out at Church Alive. If you want to hear more of these messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church, make sure to follow us on social media so you can hear more messages just like this and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great week.